Hey guys, on this week's episode, we're going viral and discussing that video of the baby getting knocked out, Iggy Azalea's nudes leaking, and then May May tells the story of Lizzie Holmes and Theranos. Get ready, get set, it's the Jump Club. What up, fam? What up, fam? Feels good, right? Feels right? <laughs> Yeah, I know it do. Yeah. And without further ado, we broadcast live from CA to NY. Oh, that's what we should talk about that the baby video. <laughs> what did he say in the beginning? That's really funny. Y'all look at that nigga the baby. That, that nigga the baby in here talking some shit. He walking up on me and shit like he about to do something. What you don't do? What you taking your shit off for? Cody, scare what? Scare ass nigga. Scare what? The police scare what? You're so scared, boy. Knock him out. Me, Yolo. I'm the truth. Quit playing with me, boy. Quit playing with me, boy. Pick your pants up, nigga. Fuck is you talking about, nigga? Yeah, so they just jumped me in the mall. I'm gonna put this footage out first before it even come out. You know your boy, Lil John John, the baby, and the security. You know I do walk around big ass security, twenty or twenty you know. So I'm in Louis spending some money, no deal, I do. You know, they run up on me in the Louis store. You know, I start swinging and shit. And you and your security got all them goddamn hits, bro. All them hits. And I'm still this pretty. I'm still this pretty. Nothing broken. Teeth, teeth straight. I'm still pretty as hell. All them hits. He's like, <laughs> and I guess like why does he sound Italian? <laughs> I I have a pet peeve about people fighting. I've always had this problem where they just repeat the same thing. So he'll say like, "What you gonna do? What you gonna or, do?" Or like clap. Yeah. Oh, that's just so say it to annoying. my face though. Yeah. Say it to my yeah. face though. Just say it once they heard you. They heard your ass. Yeah. Or this one. Oh, I miss Sharkeisha. That's a bop. I'm going to rewatch that shit. That's a good punch. (laughs) The baby punch. There's so many layers to that shit. They're inside of a Louis Vuitton. Yeah. Do we know where that is? It's got to be like Atlanta or something. I'm sure. Yeah. (laughs) This shit is so obnoxious, too. Like, that fool was just minding his own business. Yeah, and like filming themselves like this talking shit. That's so. I, thank God he got knocked the fuck out. Like I don't usually condone violence, but like, what the fuck? Leave that fool alone. Yeah, and then and then the follow up video when he's in the car and he's like, I, "I'm still pretty though. I'm still pretty though." And he's like, "Well, I just got jumped. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna roll up on you at a Louis Vuitton like that." Shit. <laughs> <laughs> filming myself. Like, what? <laughs> That's 
thought you got played. Why did his pants go down? I'm so confused. I think they by pantsed that. him. I think they were That's like, so fuck you and pantsed him. Yeah. That's really embarrassing. And then he went back to Louis Vuitton and was like, look, I'm still in Louis V though. Like, and then he was like, I'm still going to buy my belt. I'm like, yeah, spend those $400, my dude. You, you need yeah. a new belt because they pulled your motherfucking yeah. pants down. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe you should invest in a better belt. Yes, honestly, true. If the Louis one ain't keeping your pants up, then. My friend, Lara, is in the midst of it. She's like in her her due date and nothing's <laughs> happening she's trying all sorts of fun shit like like everything <laughs> yeah that like spicy food yeah. uh long walks uh i think it said like a like a lukewarm bath <laughs> like she's right. trying everything and nothing's working shit <gasps> i know <laughs> get that baby out laura <laughs> It's like uh, poop it out, right? <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. I think that's how it works, man. Right? <laughs> you <Right>? squat. Science. <laughs> Hashtag biology. <laughs> you just squat and uh, the shit falls out. Yeah, just like the good old shit. <laughs> <laughs> and when that baby's born, we're gonna say, "Y'all look at this nigga, the babe." <laughs> Megan the Stallion song with uh, with the baby? No, is it good? No, but but the baby is like freaky though. Oh really? Like yeah, like dirty. He, like yeah, he's like he's rapping about how he's gonna take Megan the Stallion doggy style shit. I was like, oh, I thought oh. you were a baby though. I know. <laughs> <laughs> when that was first going viral on Twitter, I legit thought it was a baby. I was like, oh, there a baby hit somebody? Like what happened? <laughs> I didn't know who that was. There was I, I did see a video of him that I'd liked where he knocked out he was like at the club performing and he mm -hmm. had like his mic in his hand and somebody was like trying to talk shit to him while he was performing and he knocked some fool out like oh, while he was performing and didn't even skip a beat, like went to the next line in the song. Oh wow. <laughs> Um, Hoel was reading <laughs> Charlemagne the God's uh, book mm -hmm. and he talks about the event with uh, what's his face? Cash Money. Birdman? Uh-huh. And uh, he talks about how like, you know, like in the hip hop industry when you talk shit, like people really threaten your life and mm -hmm. And that Birdman, like, really was going to fuck him up and stuff. And he was like, I don't know why we're like this. Like, <laughs> our community needs to do better. <laughs> he was like, you think that the people in Rolling Stone who fucking, you know, criticize whatever band that yeah. they get their lives threatened and shit? <laughs> no. <laughs> no, I, f I feel them. But also, I just hate the culture of, like, people feeling like they can just talk shit. Like, you yeah. know, bitch, that's what we do. <laughs> yeah, but if someone wanted to step to us, not hit us or anything, but you know, <laughs> just like talk Please to don't us. Hit my face. Please don't no. hit my face. I'm still pretty, though. I'm still pretty. <laughs> well, I just got jumped. 
<laughs> like when uh remember when Perez Hilton got knocked out by Oh, will I am? Yeah. <laughs> oh. oh my god. Shit, you know? If you're going to talk shit, prepare to have some shit talked back at you. I guess like that should But then also I'm mad at this fool who jumped or who tried to fight the baby because like how dumb are you? This fool had his security right there. You think that's that motherfucker's job to protect yeah. someone. You didn't get jumped. You got knocked the fuck out by someone, uh, by a professional. Yeah. <laughs> someone who was just doing their job. <laughs> oh, that shit was funny. That was a good day in Twitter. <laughs> I woke up and I was like, oh, this is good. Oh, I was laughing so hard at your tweet about Paul and... Uh... Karini? <laughs> yes, me. And then I looked them up real quick because I was like, are they still together? I think like, they are because they- they're... They're... They just had a baby. Holy shit. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. Oh, but that scene is so good. Oh, yeah. That was so weird. Yeah. That guy is weird as fuck. He's, like, creepy. In a show yeah. full of, like, creepy motherfuckers, like, he is one of the top five creepiest, creepiest motherfuckers. For sure. Let's talk about Iggy. Okay. Iggy deleted her Instagram and her Twitter after some topless photos of her. What? Started making she deleted everything? Yeah. Holy shit. Uh, she issued a statement saying that these are outtakes. They're not even, I don't know if they're outtakes or they're just like from a photo shoot she did with GQ where she's like in the midst of, you know, they do that like partially nude stuff when yeah, you yeah, cover yeah. with mm-hmm. your hands or whatever. Mm-hmm. I don't know if she knew that those pictures had been taken of her. Oh. Or she just didn't even know they existed, but somebody kept the photos and then they dropped them. So they're oh. making the rounds on the internet and mm-hmm. Iggy. First, she put up a statement saying, I'm outraged. These were published without my permission. Uh, the photographer from GQ also posted that there's an investigation going on because this is illegal. Yeah, for sure. And in the midst of it, she ended up deleting her Instagram and her Twitter. Man, that sucks. I know. She's got to feel. I mean, you you must feel so violated. You yeah. Know? Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah. I feel really bad for her. She's like, you know, when they told me to do the the like you know pseudo topless mm-hmm. photos like i didn't think about it because women do that all the time mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. where you cover up you know it's like the illusion of nudity or whatever yeah. i love pictures uh, like that too me too i think they're really sexy yeah um so i feel really bad for her because you think it's like a safe place to be able to do something like professional that. photographer gq you know yeah but were these from a long long time ago or are they semi-recent i i don't know i'm not mm. too sure because i'm wondering if you know, it must suck also because let's say they're from a long time ago. Like they're that's early in your career. You're like, oh my god, I'm gonna be in GQ, or you know, yeah. And like you're just doing like whatever. But yeah, not that it would be any less shitty if it happened now. But I'm just trying to picture her mindset. Yeah, definitely. That shit sucks. I saw the pictures for what it's worth. They're gorge. Really? Yeah. Well, yeah. I bet it's like professional yeah. lighting, professional <laughs> photographer. So and it, that sucks. And they're not pornographic at all. I feel like I, that's why I'm kind of disappointed that she got ran off Twitter and Instagram. Yeah, but I mean, you don't want that out there. You don't want that out there. Yeah, that's, I know. But it's got to feel like shit. Yeah. There were a lot of like really gross guys in the comments who are like, oh, been waiting years for this shit. Like, I guess Ew. people <laughs> people had been like actively waiting for her news to drop at some point. What the hell? <laughs> that's so weird. And... There was a creepy John Boy video this week. Yes. Oh my god. Why did he post that just for just out of his own free will for funsies? The, the, which oh is which is the god. weirdest part. Yeah. So John Boy posted two videos, part one and part two, <laughs> two 
to his fellow American Republicans, <laughs> saying that he loves Trump. And that he's the greatest president since Lincoln. Yeah, that's amazing. Which, you know, I feel like uh, you there are people out there who are supporters of this president, but you there's a certain level of insanity if you want to say that he's the greatest president since Lincoln. <laughs> like there's something there's something wrong with the way your brain works if right, that's what you right. think. <laughs> right. We haven't had a good president since George Washington. <laughs> in my opinion. <laughs> Him and his wooden teeth. <laughs> Taking up all the space on my one dollar bills. <laughs> um. Yeah, he looks fucking crazy. <laughs> I wonder what Angelina thinks about oh, that shit. Oh God. Yeah. I know she's dying inside. Yeah. I think that she just tries her best to like just forget that he exists. Yeah. That's honestly awful. Yeah. Because every time he pops up, he's always it's always for something stupid like this. It's this or him trying to talk not shit about Angelina, but just like inserting himself into her life. Yeah. Like he always tries to talk about like the press about like something that he alleges is insightful about her life. Yeah. But it's not. Right. She's like, stop fucking talking about me, dude. I remember there was one where he. It was just like that. Like he was he wanted to say something about her life and he was referring to the kids and he um, called he called Sahara Sahara? I, I don't know. Yeah, he called Sahara Shakira. Oh. And <laughs> and uh everyone was like, You don't even know their names, my dude. Like, why are you talking about <laughs> Why are you talking about this shit? He literally has nothing to do with them and he just like he likes the attention, I guess. Yeah, it's like the only way he continues to get attention. I mean, I feel for him because that's his daughter, you know? I, I bet he yeah. feels some type of way. Yeah, for sure. But uh, clearly, he's a piece of shit, so. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Our vaults contain something much more valuable. They contain flasks of life-giving blood and plasma. Anyways, so hello, everybody. My name is Stephanie. Hi, my name is May, and together we are the Drama Club. This is the podcast about celebrity scandals, gossip, drama, biographies, <laughs> the president, <laughs> Twitter, the <da> baby, <laughs> fights, and all of the above. And I didn't see the, the new episode of 90 Day Fiance. Where are they now? Oh, where like Sundays? Did yeah, you? yeah, that's the one where Pedro loses his goddamn mind. Shut up, May. I haven't seen it. It's so good. Oh my god. Damn it. The what was I gonna say? Did you watch the the live All in the Family, the Jeffersons thing? No. It was it was tight. They had like so they they did a like a live episode of just like straight up the scripts from an old like All in the Family episode followed by an old the Jeffersons episode, and it was like. Marissa Tomei and Woody Harrelson were like Archie and Edith Bunker. And uh, for the Jeffersons, it was like Jamie Foxx and Wanda Sykes. And oh, wow. like, it was so cute. Yeah, that sounds cool. They should do they should do stuff like that more often, I think. Oh, I just saw this. You know, every once in a while, someone will do the ask credits where it's like people who have worked in the fucking entertainment industry. Who's an asshole? Yeah. Um, somebody talk shit about Marissa Tomei, dude. <gasps> oh, I don't want to hear it. Nope. I, they said nope. she was a hella diva. Nope. Nope. Yeah. She's my favorite. You fave. know who I always see people talk shit about is James Corden. Oh, yeah. 
Yeah. And they did on that for like a long time. Like people go on rants about that for. Yeah. British people don't fuck with him because. Yeah. yeah. And then somebody brought up this clip where Jimmy Kimmel was on his show and they played some game that's like spill your guts or uh-huh. eat your or eat eat guts something like I that. I think it's called spill your guts. And, and like they either have to like answer the question or eat something disgusting mm-hmm. in front of them. And Jimmy Kimmel asked him, can you name two of your cameramen? <gasps> and he couldn't. Oh, my God. And he had to eat, like, bull penis or some shit. Ew. <laughs> That's what you get, Kimmel's my dude. laughing. Jimmy Kimmel's funny, man. That's why we don't have any staff on this podcast, so I don't have to name anybody. Oh, my God. <laughs> What's my name? <laughs> Stephanie. <laughs> Fuck. I'm going to sue Netflix for that fucking show. It's Bruno. That's my dog's name. And this is some goddamn bullshit. And my dog is way cuter than that dog. Have you even seen it? Is it really about a dog? Yeah, I watched the first episode. Oh, is it cute? Oh, no. No, it sucks. Yeah, sue them for sure. Because yeah. now Bruno the needs fuck? a TV show. I make way better episodes of Bruno on my Instagram. <laughs> These people don't know what the fuck they're doing. Uh, oh, speaking of celebrities who are assholes or not assholes. We got a tip on the hotline from Paige who did the nails of someone who used to be a flight attendant on like private airplanes. Uh-huh. And she says that surprisingly Adam Sandler is like the biggest sweetheart, which, well, which I've that heard that. Him. But the surprising part is that I guess his wife is the biggest asshole. Really? Yes. And he has to constantly be apologizing for her everywhere they go. Oh man. Why are you married seems, to her? I don't know. <laughs> that sucks. Right. Uh, my friend used to do catering for a private airline, private plane, mm-hmm. whatever. Mm-hmm. And she always said that Jennifer Lopez was the worst, and she always requested PF chains. <laughs> <laughs> I guess she is Jenny from the block because that's basic right? as fuck. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! The other day, Steph in the group chat dropped some tea on PF chains. Did you know that? No, never crossed that's my mind. Crazy. <laughs> yeah. Fleming's Steakhouse is owned by Paul Martin Fleming's, who also owns P.F. Chang's and Paul Martin's. Hmm. I'm fucking shook. I didn't know this. No, I, that's that's a tea right there. That's the kind of uh, content you come to the drama club for. Right? Dude. <laughs> He's a fucking restaurateur. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I were a restaurateur. That seems like a sick ass job. You ain't shit, man. I know. I'm a restaurantee. <laughs> I'm a restaurantee. <laughs> He's from Louisiana. What a dick. <laughs> I got an interesting scandal for you, Steph. I don't know what you're doing. It's one kind of, I guess it's it's different from, from anyone that I've done before. So, Oh, that's interesting. Is it? Let me guess. Okay. Da, 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 da. It's different, so it's not mm-hmm. someone old as fuck. Nope, Mm-mm. it's not a pop culture scandal. Y- yeah, I mean it. It is a pop culture scandal. It is. Yeah, it's not. Um, maybe you haven't really done any reality stars. Mm, no, no. <clears throat> All right, who is it? It's okay. I can't. Harambe. I can't. <laughs> No, but I was add Harambe my, to the list. I was going to do my uh, AD on him. You should. I just thought it was the, the anniversary. Yeah, that's what I was going to do. It. Then I forgot. R.I.P. R.I.P. <laughs> so I can't remember if this was a request or if our friend David just wanted to make sure we knew about it. But today I'm going to do a hoax 
because oh, you guys know I love a hoax. So let's talk about Elizabeth Holmes and her company, Theranos. Theranos. <laughs> we briefly That's... talked about her on the podcast before, but let's like really get into it now. Yeah, let's talk about this little bitch. <laughs> <laughs> I'll knock this bitch out. She gonna knock me out for talking shit? I can knock you out, girl. Oh, you can knock her out for sure. It's not even a question. Yeah, my wrist will hurt, but I'll <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. Just for the record. So I got most of this from the HBO documentary, The Inventor, Out for Blood in Silicon Valley, which I can definitely recommend. But if you want more after hearing this, I also enjoyed the podcast, The Dropout. I think it's like six parts, so it's um, it's able to get a lot deeper than than the documentary. And there's also a book that's supposed to be amazing called Bad Blood that's on my reading list, so I'll report back. So Elizabeth Ann Holmes was born on February 3rd, 1984 in Washington, D.C. to Noel and Christian Holmes. I like the name Noel. It's cute, huh? Noel was a congressional staffer and Christian was a vice president at Enron. Oh, <laughs> I, have I told you the story of the hobos fighting? <laughs> no. Yes, man. One time in Riverside, I saw two hobos fighting and one of them was oh, like, yeah, that's I right. used to be vice president at Enron. That was, Eli- up, bitch. That was Elizabeth Holmes' dad. <laughs> <laughs> Fun fact. <laughs> he's in riverside <laughs> so her family had at one point been very very wealthy like her great grandfather had married the heir to the fleischman's yeast fortune oh what the fuck <laughs> <laughs> that, that's some real money shit that, right yep there, yep exactly when, when it's when it's like, like a staple that, like like yeah. this uh, from the the norton salt family fortune like something yeah, like that <laughs> for sure so yeah but now elizabeth's family was just regular rich not like fucking hearst rockefeller getty wealth anymore all right and i guess the family had particularly particularly her dad had a sort of chip on their shoulder about not having it like that anymore and have you ever read like those articles about generational wealth how like the the second like every generation they lose more and more yeah i mean it's it's bound to happen they get lazier and lazier right unless you have like two fucking john d rockefellers in a row that shit is not gonna happen you know yeah so or or who was it gucci main unless you got like two gucci main's girlfriends in a row (laughs) yeah so okay uh elizabeth sort of saw it as her duty to help return her family to its former glory (laughs) yeah Elizabeth claims that when she was a kid, she would spend summers with and was very close to an uncle who was diagnosed with skin cancer that very quickly spread to his brain and bones, and so he died. This is fake? I I don't know. Alleged, okay. Allegedly, ever since then, she knew that she wanted to be a part of something that would allow people to have more time with their loved ones. And okay. that is probably my biggest unanswered question about this case. Because if that's true? Yeah, I've seen, like a lot of media and listen to a lot of media about this case over the last few months and no one has even questioned whether the uncle story is real oh well i did uh, yeah because <laughs> like knowing what we do now like I've, did she have an uncle if if so yeah. was he sick if so did he die like i honestly i don't know yeah so she studies hard excels academically and goes to stanford to study chemical engineering one of her professors, professor of medicine and bad bitch, Dr. Phyllis Gardner, says that Stanford is kind of unique in that it attracts a lot of these high-tech 
internet startup, biotech, and medicine people, and they all sort of intersect perfectly here. So Dr. Gardner says that because she started a few companies and been on the board of a few of a lot of companies, a lot of students who are interested in business seek her out as an advisor and go on to be wildly successful and get wildly rich. So Elizabeth, of course, went to Dr. Gardner and was like, what if there was a patch that could detect an infection and administer antibiotics? And Dr. Gardner was like, that's cute, but it's physically impossible. Antibiotics aren't potent enough to be administered in patch form. But then Elizabeth wouldn't drop it. She filed a patent and everything, and she wasn't listening to Dr. Gardner. So Dr. Gardner was like, listen, I can't help you anymore. But maybe Professor Robertson, the head of the science department, can. So Elizabeth goes to speak with him, and he's immediately enamored with her. He's like, I've taught thousands of students, and this type of genius only comes around once in a lifetime. Okay. I'm looking into the eyes of the next Steve Jobs, Bill Gates, Archimedes. Uh-oh. <laughs> so he was, he was shook. He was shook because, you know, she's an 18-year-old little blonde girl. Like, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Right. Meanwhile, Dr. Gardner was somewhere laughing at these fools, probably sipping on Chardonnay. So little 19-year-old Lizzie Holmes had an idea, a big one. What if it were possible to make laboratory blood testing cheap, easy, and accessible? What if, with a little ingenuity, you could run a blood test using one one-hundredth or even one one-thousandth of the amount of blood of traditional testing and get the results of hundreds of tests back almost instantly? And what if all you needed to achieve this was a small device, no bigger than a home printer? And what if... <laughs> if this were all possible, maybe you could put the device in every doctor's office, Walgreens, spa, gym, or literally whatever, who cares in the world. This, in theory, would allow you, the theoretical patient, to take a drop of blood from your fingertip, essentially like testing your blood sugar, and instantly have access to a plethora of information about your health anytime you want it. Maybe instead of getting blood work Every year or every other year, you do it every time you ran to CVS for deodorant or toothpaste. And maybe your doctor could instantly access the results and flag things of concern so that you could come in for more comprehensive testing or just track changes over time. Maybe you catch the warning signs of disease earlier. Maybe, maybe, maybe. Elizabeth had the idea now she could just figure out a way to make it real. She could revolutionize medical treatment and essentially change the world. So Professor Robertson, the tenured head of the science department at Stanford, leaves his position to go work for, for Elizabeth as an advisor. What? <laughs> what the hell? What could she possibly be offering him? I don't know. I, I don't think it doesn't seem like she slept with him, but maybe she like dangled the opportunity in front of him. And maybe that was yeah. enough. I don't know. Oh, God. So Imagine now leaving your tenureship. Like yes. at all for right. anything, <laughs> even a, a random tenureship, like at a fucking community college. Community like, college, yeah. <laughs> but this no. is at Stanford. Yeah, and he's no, the head of this he's the head of the science department. Yeah. All right. So now Elizabeth's first employee brings with him a lot of cachet and instant instantly legitimizes her whole operation. The laboratory testing industry is currently dominated by two companies: Quest Diagnostics and LabCorp. Oh. Oh, 
<laughs> I settle so many bills from Quest Diagnostics. I go to Quest Diagnostics like every week and a half. Like I'm very familiar with their deal. Yeah. So they combine to control 80% of the market. So they basically set their own prices and the industry has no choice but to follow their lead. So these are two huge corporations and not only are they powerful based on their sheer size alone, but they also have the ability to do over 1,000 different blood tests. This is where Elizabeth's company Theranos comes in. Theranos, a name which is a combination of the words therapy and diagnosis, was founded by Elizabeth in 2003, the same year she officially drops out of school following a year of lower division science classes. Oh. Just to put this in perspective, I have three years of biological sciences, so technically I'm more qualified than Elizabeth in all of this shit. Elizabeth tried her damnedest to create a mythology about herself. Her apartment was thought to be very bare bones. She claimed that all she really had was a mattress. She also said that all she had in her refrigerator was bottled water so that she didn't waste time eating at home. Therefore, she ate all her meals at the office while working. What? <laughs> she People, are, there are studies that show that that's bad. <laughs> yeah, but she her whole thing is like, all I do is work. This is her the mythology the mythology she's creating about herself. Right. She dressed in all black and had multiples of the exact same pieces so that every single day she didn't have to waste time figuring out what she was going to wear because she wore the same thing every day. All this so she could devote more time and mental energy to Theranos. Obviously, she's stealing stuff from her hero Steve Jobs' playbook. And serial killers. <laughs> yeah, right? Okay. And also, let's point out that our girl Elizabeth always looks a mess. Like, her, her hair always looks like she just touched one of those big electric balls, you know, that you yeah. touch on, like, field trips to the science museum in first yeah, grade. Yeah, why so frizzy? Yeah, Invest in some hairspray, homegirl. Right, exactly. And she and she does wear makeup, but it looks like one of those makeup sets that you'd give to a nine-year-old from, like, the 99 cent store. Yeah, like with those little cotton eyeshadow it, things. Yes, yeah, exactly. Like the Q-tips sort of that have like little sponges at the end. Yeah, like her foundation isn't matched well. Right, exactly. And like I hate, you know. I Bitch, take half a, se- half, a <laughs> half a day for yourself. How about you take lunch, <laughs> go to the Macy's counter, and get your fucking face checked out. And like I, like I sort of hesitate to bring it up because I don't necessarily want to judge women on their appearance. But I thought about it and I think it's worth mentioning for two reasons. One, for someone so ridiculously concerned with her image, it really isn't hard to wash her hair, use a little styling cream and put that shit in a ponytail. Yeah. Also, everybody judges everybody on their appearance. So let's not act like we're all high and mighty. Right. And like, as far as the makeup thing, she would be better off not wearing not makeup. Not wearing makeup. Yeah. And just, I like, like that look yeah, a lot. <laughs> exactly. Like if she yeah. and if she wanted to just put like a little like lip balm or something. Yeah. So just make sure your lips ain't chet. <laughs> Because have you ever like, like at the office, if I talk to someone and their lips are chapped, it's literally all I can yeah, look at. Yeah, especially if they're dry or something. Yeah, like, and like oh, they God. look like they're about to start bleeding. I'm like, bruh, <laughs> <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> Damn, doesn't that shit hurt? Like, stop talking to me. <laughs> it's an emergency. This is disgusting. <laughs> so people should have taken one look at her and known that she was a fucking scammer because yeah. she looks unhinged. Yeah, people with mental health issues don't um, take care take of care themselves. Of, yes, exactly. That's something you always know. Yes. And I'd say it's worth mentioning also because if a man in her position looked as sloppy as she does, I suspect it'd be talked about too. Like Mark Zuckerberg with his sloppy ass hoodies. Right. People would bring that up all the time until they sort of got used to it. Now, like, 
you know, we don't have to bring it up because everybody talked about it. Yeah. And also how everyone talks about Trump's sloppy ass suits and how he doesn't yeah. blend his foundation. <laughs> we just... <laughs> You would think Melania would help him out, but nah. She, she got bigger fish to fry. <laughs> she needs to make a statement with her next jacket, you know. <laughs> so we just need people in positions of power to not look fucking crazy. It's unsettling. Yeah. Also, several people noted that she never blinked, which I think is Ooh, a... that's fucking scary, That's a, But don't you think that's a weird thing to notice about someone? I don't think I would ever notice if someone didn't blink. I mean, now that you say it, I'm only paying attention to your eyes. <laughs> but if you did notice it, it would be creepy as fuck. Oh, yeah, for know? sure. Oh, and another part of the image that she crafted for herself, arguably the best part, and the part that people love to talk about, her voice. <laughs> At some point, Elizabeth started speaking in this very weird fake voice, which in my opinion, is the exact voice that Mira Sorvino uses in Romy and Michelle's high school reunion. Like, mm. every, like every time I hear Do this, you bitch have t- two biz women, business women <laughs> specials. <laughs> we're That's business exactly- women, and we're here to have lunch. <laughs> That's exactly it. Like every single time I hear this bitch talk about inventing blood tests, all I can think about <laughs> is how she might as well be saying that she invented post its. <laughs> her voice is fucking ridiculous and i guess she never ever broke character except for once at a christmas party when she had a little bit too much to drink (laughs) what she became a party girl (laughs) she started talking just like in her normal fucking voice like that's awesome other than that i wonder if like when she had sex she was like oh the uh, ramon (laughs) the earth is moving that's my favorite line from romeo michelle (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> is it an earthquake no it's ramon <laughs> also fun fact mir sormino has a much better education than elizabeth holmes she graduated well, she to harvard magna cum laude from harvard and is fluent in mandarin i one time looked at like a wikipedia list of like celebrities who have gone to harvard yeah. and that should trip me out her <laughs> and conan which at the time i didn't know conan had gone to harvard now i like yeah like of course <laughs> it makes absolute sense yeah <laughs> If Mira Sorvino said that she started a company that would revolutionize laboratory testing, I'd believe her over this bitch, over Elizabeth Holmes. Yeah, I would use that company. (laughs) So Theranos Theranos employed 800 people and everyone from the receptionist to the biochemists and engineers had to go through Elizabeth. Hmm. Everything at Theranos was shrouded in secrecy. No one who was hired really knew a whole lot about the projects that they were working on at the company. Basically, everyone would know just enough to work on their small assignments that together with the small assignments of other employees or other teams of employees would make up the actual product that Theranos was producing called the Edison, which was... What? (laughs) (laughs) That's a bar. (laughs) (laughs) So the Edison was the machine that could presumably run these thousands of tests from a drop of blood. Okay. My understanding is that some secrecy isn't necessarily out of the ordinary for Silicon Valley startups. Obviously, there are things that companies consider trade secrets, but the level of secrecy at Theranos did raise some flags. So when journalists would ask Elizabeth about it, she'd sort of say that the alarm over all of the secrecy at Theranos was mostly coming from their competitors who were pressed because Theranos was changing the game and they couldn't figure out how how they were doing it. 
But meanwhile, everybody's super interested in her just because she has that one professor that like came with her, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And because what? She's pretty? Yeah. Because she hasn't done anything yet, right? Well, it's just an idea. No, it's not an idea. She claims that she's got the machine. Like, so she's. Just, but it's not like available. It's not available, right? So. I, hey, I got a machine too. <laughs> So this is where I'd like to say that I sort of feel for Elizabeth because I get hundreds of ideas. Great ones, even. Dude, all the time on this podcast. (laughs) Right. On this podcast. The difference is I got a great idea that I've been meaning to tell you. Every time I think of it, I'm like, I got to text me, but I'm always at work because it's like, okay. Okay, go ahead. Think of this. All right. Is there already this like an app? Because I have a work phone and a personal phone. But some people, their company just pays for like a plan. Mm -hmm. So like they don't provide them with a work phone. So basically they just end up using their personal phone for work shit too. Right. Is there an app where you could have like your work email, your work uh, contacts and like your work chat or whatever. Mm -hmm. And you could like turn it on during work hours and then turn it off on the weekends so that even if you're on your personal phone, you don't have to be bothered by work stuff when you're quote out of office. Okay, not necessarily. However, the iPhone 10 allows you to use two SIM cards wherein you can use your work phone and your personal phone at the same time on one phone. Uh So in theory, you could turn off the eSIM if you made your work phone the eSIM you could turn that shit off but there's not like a program that makes it's not a program it streamlines this for people like straight up to be like you're out of office no like it's called something quirky like that where people get it yeah it's it's called like do not disturb or some shit yeah Yeah. no nothing like that that should exist because part of why i like having two phones is because like i put my work phone away i don't i won't look at it on the weekends because if it was on my personal phone i would fucking look at it yeah and i don't think that's healthy so you should, I think you should upgrade to, therefore you should upgrade to an iPhone 10. No, I have two phones. Like, I don't have this problem. No, that's what I'm saying. If you, you could carry one phone. Oh, okay. For other people. Right. You could carry this one phone and then in theory do what you're saying, but it wouldn't be an app. It would just have to, you'd have to have this specific phone. Interesting. All right. Anyways. All right. So the difference between like, let's say you and I and Elizabeth Holmes, like, at least I, <laughs> I got my foundation. <laughs> bitch. First of all, first of all, you. I use also, several hair products. <laughs> I, do all, I would never, ever let my hair look frizzy. <laughs> so I couldn't even pretend to make it seem like there could ever be any chance of me bringing any of my ideas to fruition. <laughs> Honestly, like I have an idea for a toaster oven slash microwave. because we as a society but toasters are like microwaves (laughs) no because you can't you can't heat something in a toaster what are you talking about i reheat things in the toaster all the time like spaghetti no not spaghetti okay but i mean i guess you could (laughs) heat spaghetti in the toaster (laughs) like a i guess i'm talking about like a conventional you're talking about like a toaster oven yeah you're talking about like a toaster I'm talking about combine a toaster oven with a microwave. So it's all one box. Yes. Yes. Why can't Sounds we do like that? Sounds like you're going to start a fire. <laughs> That's mean, true. Well, my toaster actually lit on fire last year's and it was kind of like. Oh, sc- God damn. It was kind of scary. So, okay. 
so I've got that one. Would I ever build one? No. Would I have the audacity to take an engineering class, call myself the next Steve Jobs, start building a prototype and defraud investors out of millions? Hell no. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) I also have ideas for weighted pajamas. Oh, ooh. People have panic attacks and that shit. (laughs) (laughs) Highlight and contour makeup masks that you peel off, leaving behind perfectly applied highlight and contour. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. What else? A Roomba, but for your glass shower doors. I thought you hated your Roomba. No, I like it. It's fine. Luca hates it. He's real scared of it. (laughs) (laughs) Especially when it talks when it'll be like... uh, uh, Please charge Roomba. Luca like will lose his fucking mind. <laughs> or okay, a dog poop bag that's made out of like seeds and shit. So when you put the poop in it, it like fertilizes it, and you can just throw that shit in your backyard like a bomb and water that shit, and wildflowers will grow. That's cool. Like the bag has seeds in it. You know? How yeah. Those, yeah. Yeah. Like those boxes that they make now and shit, stuff like that. So I got a million of these ideas. Am I gonna do any of them? No. But also, I use hair products, so. So since founding Theranos in 2003, Elizabeth spent essentially the next decade raising capital from angel investors to the tune of hundreds of millions of dollars. These investors never, ever looked at audited financial statements. And we're talking about big-time dudes like the former head of software at Apple. Wow. And and the founder of Oracle. Wow. (laughs) Elizabeth would just tell them her story and be like, yeah, we're working with pharmaceutical companies to streamline their processes right now. <laughs> or she'd be like, oh, and we're keeping busy with several government contracts. No big deal. She also insinuated that the military wanted to start using the Edison in like combat zones. Oh, my God. <laughs> she also got big names to join the board at Theranos, like General Jim Mad Dog Mattis and Bill Perry, both former secretaries of defense, former secretaries of state, Henry Kissinger and George Schultz. So say you're some other millionaire or low level billionaire and Elizabeth comes to you asking if you'd like to invest in Theranos. You're like, hmm, the founder of Oracle invested and you've got two secretaries of state on your board. Duh, I'm in, you know? Yeah. And also the problem was she would also accept investments from like lower level invest- investors, people who just like, here's oh, no. two here's $200,000. That's my life savings, you know? Oh my God. Cool, let's do it. What an evil bitch. Right. And this just kept going and going until the company was valued at $10 billion with Elizabeth owning half outright. Wow. In 2015, Forbes named her the youngest and wealthiest self-made female billionaire. Meanwhile, nobody has seen the thing she's actually made. Right. What the fuck is going on? <laughs> what the fuck is this? Y'all should be ashamed of yourselves. <laughs> you played yourself. <laughs> what the fuck? I mean, honestly, it tells you what she has. not she. It's not even like her name. It's like her great. She has a story. My great yeah. grandfather was fucking rich. I'm white. I'm blonde. I went to Stanford for five minutes. Like, And then people were like, please take my money. We don't, we don't need any proof. Like 2004, three, she started this shit and 2015. Yeah. And still nobody's seen it. Right. What the fuck? <laughs> so in, so in 2015, she's, you know, on Forbes and she's like famous and shit. But 
the following year, Forbes revised their revised her net worth, and they uh, revised it from four point five billion dollars to zero. So more on that later. <laughs> Let's keep talking about Theranos during the good years, the quote unquote good years. So as I said, former Secretary of State, I think he was also Treasury Secretary too at one point, George Schultz. He's on the board at Theranos. And one day, Elizabeth is at a dinner party slash meeting at George's house, talking about Theranos with some VIPs, think like senators and shit. And also in attendance that evening is college student and grandson of George Schultz, Tyler Schultz. Tyler is super impressed by everything Elizabeth is saying is going on at Theranos and clumsily asked her if he can intern there over the summer. So cute. (laughs) And well, she kind of has to say yes. Because it's George's grandson, after all. Yeah. We'll have more on Tyler later, but he says that by this point, Elizabeth had kind of worked her way into the family's inner circle. Like, she was always at birthdays and Christmas parties and would have Thanksgiving at their house and shit. Wow. So she and George were very close. And when you hear the rest of these men that were on the board talk about Elizabeth, they talk about her like she was fucking Da Vinci. It's insane. Our friend Dr. old ass men. Yes, all of them. They're all old-ass fucking men. Old-ass white guys. Yeah. Our friend Dr. Gardner just straight up says it. She says that she aligned herself with older, powerful men who could influence people. And she's kind of like, I wonder how, I wonder why. Yeah, same. (laughs) Also, it'd be good to note that she didn't really seek out biological scientists for the board because it would be hard to scam a bunch of empty PhDs for this shit. Like usually in uh, the biomedical field in startups, the, all those all those companies always have like MD PhDs on the board, but she had mostly engineers stuff like that. What? Why? <laughs> well, in her defense, it was a, a a machine that she was building. Okay. But she did. I mean, for it to be legit, she would have needed some MDs, someone yeah. with some sort of like medical background medical, there. Yeah. But. She didn't. <laughs> Ooh. She was purposely keeping them out because they would have called her on, her on her bullshit. Yeah. Another thing. So Elizabeth is the CEO of Theranos. Uh-huh. But the COO and president is a dude named Sonny Balwani. Okay. Sonny, by the way, is on- the only brown person you ever see in any of this shit. Okay. So Sonny is this dude who made a shit ton of money in the late 90s dot com boom and apparently, he got in early at Theranos. He also got it in early with Elizabeth. Ooh. <laughs> no one knew that they were fucking and basically living together. And they were in a pretty serious relationship that they kept hidden from everyone, including and especially investors. Wow. Sunny is 19 years older than Elizabeth, so they had this sort of weird dynamic. Yeah. They met while they were both, I think it was like the summer between her freshman and sophomore years at Stanford, where she went to China to work in a in a research lab and to study Mandarin. And he was also there from Stanford studying studying Mandarin. And they'd basically been together ever since. Wow. He left his wife for her in 2002. Oh, shit. And so they've been fucking since 2003, at least. She, lo- she always has her eyes all wide, huh? Yes, she has crazy eyes. How yeah, could she- you not look at this crazy bitch and not know that she was crazy? I don't know. All right. Anyway, so 
Sunny and Elizabeth made a huge deal with Walgreens to incorporate the Edison at some Walgreens retail locations. Like where you do the blood pressure section? Yeah. 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 What is it called? I think it's called like the wellness center or something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so I've talked about the Edison a little. But the Edison is the whole company. Without I mean, the you Edison. You talked about their happy hour, <laughs> their fucking dress code. The dress code is steampunk. Yeah. <laughs> There's a very LA specific joke in case. I know. Nobody good, nobody's gonna get that. <laughs> the Edison was a bar that was cool like five years ago. Still exists though. So so without the Edison, essentially Theranos itself doesn't exist. So the Edison is the company's closest guarded secret. For instance, if if the military would even consider using the device, the Pentagon would have to independently test it, but Elizabeth wouldn't release any for testing. The Edison is... She ain't got any. (laughs) (laughs) This is very simple, guys. The Edison is supposed to take a drop of blood and run hundreds of tests on that drop in minutes. In reality, the Edison didn't do shit. Yeah. How long does blood work? Like, I feel like it usually takes, like, what? Like, an hour? And then I just um, think because it's, like, because they're busy. Like, It could take... It depends on how many tests you're running and how yeah. basic the tests are. Some tests, some tests could take several hours. Some tests could take like, you know, an hour. Yeah. So it depends. In reality, the Edison didn't do shit. And remember, people are only working on small parts of it, completely independent from people who are working on other parts. Right. So. But thing- somebody would have to be working on the end. Right. But everyone, Sunny and Elizabeth isolated people. To the extent where people would be like, my my shit doesn't work. But, you know, we've got all these other people working on, on parts. Their parts must work. You know? Yeah. Like, and you yeah. think, oh, if we can only just get my part right, we'll take this shit to market. Mm. And they're also like, they you also don't question anything because you got the secretary of state like on, on board, you know? Yeah. You, and you've she's got, good at selling her shit. Yeah, exactly. So the the machine itself, it's like. Things are literally exploding inside of the machine. <laughs> oh, God. Plus, if you've ever spent time in a lab setting, you know that pipetting liquids and reagents is messy, and there would be liquid and blood spilling in all of the machines. Oh, my God. Not to mention the fact that they needed whole ass samples of blood, not just a drop. And, like, that's the main, that's the whole point. You yeah. Know? And the main thing that Elizabeth and Sunny were worried about was how the machine looked. <laughs> oh yeah it's gotta have a turtleneck and shit. <laughs> <laughs> they were sort of taking a page out of apple's book because apple really values design meanwhile the thing itself literally doesn't do a single thing it's supposed to <laughs> <laughs> and it would be physically impossible for it to ever do what it claimed to be able to do in fact when they had big wigs come in to see the edison in action someone would take a drop of their blood from their fingers they'd plug it into the edison take a regular large blood sample as a quote-unquote control, then they'd go on a tour of the facilities or go to lunch or something. Meanwhile, a lab tech would analyze the blood, the large blood sample like every lab on Earth does and basically print out the results via the Edison when the people came back. It was like a straight-up scam. But I thought it was supposed to happen within a minute. Right, but they're like, oh, we're still working that part out, you know, you know, whatever. So... The lab technicians weren't in on it, though. No one really was, except for Elizabeth and most likely Sunny. 
everyone was kept so isolated from one another that the techs thought that they were running regular control data. And whoever set up the Edison to spit out that data thought it was just all part of normal testing. Oh, my God. (laughs) Could you imagine doing something on this scale? Like, what do you think is going to happen, girl? Right, right. Like, what is your end game? Yeah, Yeah, what's your end game? Where are you going from here? You think her and Sunny would like Mac, then have mm-hmm. a cigarette and talk about how they were going to run away together <laughs> with all their money? No, because I think that it's possible that she thought that it would work at some point. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, maybe. And Sunny is not on the he's he's like a a software guy, an IT guy, so he doesn't fucking know, you yeah. know. Oh god. I don't know. So it was a fucking mess because everyone could keep working independently, indefinitely, without knowing that when you put it all together, it was all worthless. One of the, if not the only high-level scientists with medical experience at Theranos, Ian Gibbons, began to realize the big picture that this shit was never going to work. He started butting heads with Elizabeth and Sunny when, when he became more vocal about the fact that things were never going to work. Ian was supposed to be deposed in a patent lawsuit against Theranos. But he was worried that if he testified truthfully that a ton of Theranos patents would be invalidated and he would be fired. Shortly before he was supposed to give his deposition in 2013, he killed himself. (gasps) What? He was kind of troubled, though. He had been diagnosed with cancer shortly after he started working at Theranos. And like it was very it was like very stressful because he was like this shit isn't gonna work and they were like shut your fucking mouth like just fucking do it make it work like maybe you don't belong here whatever yeah but what about the deal with walgreens right the deal is to put the edison in around eight thousand walgreens stores which they obviously can't do but theranos needed the walgreens deal to attract new investors because they were bleeding money all this time because they're not doing shit you know so they couldn't cancel so Elizabeth and Sunny somehow convinced Walgreens to have people take blood like normal at the Walgreens, and then they'd ship the blood to Palo Alto to be tested at the Theranos campus. What? <laughs> they pitched this basically as a placeholder until they could put the finishing touches on the Edison. And Walgreens pretty much went with it because Theranos was offering to do this at half the cost of existing laboratory diagnostic testing. Oh, wow. And obviously, they wanted to be in business with this cutting-edge, next big thing company. Right. So Theranos got out of putting the Edison in Walgreens. But what about the fact that they couldn't run their tests on a drop or two of blood? Right. They needed a full (laughs) blood sample. Yep. So they got regular phlebotomists at Walgreens to take the normal blood samples from patients under the guise of several bullshit reasons like, oh, the the specific test that your doctor ordered requires a full sample. And this they is would- your whole <laughs> shit. What the fuck? And they would just do that for every single patient and then just FedEx the blood to Palo Alto. Ew. Yeah. <laughs> Meanwhile, obviously, you're, you're not supposed to be sending. Yeah. Blood. Blood through the mail. But yeah. Meanwhile, Quest Diagnostics down the street, my dude. <laughs> <laughs> my Quest Diagnostics is literally inside of Vons. That's where I go. <laughs> <laughs> that shit is a scam, too. <laughs> all right yeah so and what about the fact that back in palo alto the edison still doesn't work so they can't do the tests anyway their nose would test blood using conventional methods and using the same huge commercially available siemens machines that their competitors use 
And when they were running clinical trials trying to use drops of blood, they had to dilute the blood several times over to use them on those commercial machines, which is not how they were supposed to work. So their tests would be wildly inaccurate, and they were actually presenting that data to real patients participating in the trials. I have a question. Yes. Their competitor, like, who, or who would be their competitors? Quest Diagnostics Quest. and mm-hmm. um, what's the other one? Pharma? L- uh, LabCorp. LabCorp. Are they, like, doing research into, because, like, this could be huge. Like, if this was real. Right. Then that would take away a lot of their market. Correct. So are they at the same time doing research to try to combat her or? I would assume that Quest Diagnostics actually has doctors and PhDs on their board. So I'm sure but that why someone... wouldn't they try to like be like this is, her shit is bullshit. You know what I mean? Like to the public. Right. And they do. They get a lot of people in the press to question her always like, oh, OK, like what's the deal with this? And she would be real defensive like, oh, they're just mad because they don't understand it. And like, we're not going to divulge the secrets. They're trade secrets. You know, Oh, OK, she just deflect. Yeah. OK, so so they're diluting the blood several times over and using them in these machines that are not meant to work that way. So they're getting terrible results and they're giving those results to real patients in real trials. Oh, my God. Someone said that, for instance, I think this was actually our boy uh, Tyler said this. For instance, in a syphilis trial of 100 positive patients, they were only identifying syphilis in 65. And the other 35 were told that they were good and didn't (gasps) need medical intervention. Oh, my God. So now things are getting fucking serious and scary because now real people, real patients are being affected. Right. But Theranos is feeling themselves because the Walgreens deal led to an influx of about $400 million in new investments. Oh, my God. And Elizabeth is becoming a legit celebrity. She's doing, like, TED Talk type things, having public discussions with Bill Clinton and Joe Biden, hanging out at the White House. She's taking meetings and having conferences with celebrities like Serena Williams. And she gets on the cover of Forbes and Time and New York Magazine and the list goes on. She's becoming the baby Steve Jobs celebrity entrepreneur that she always wanted to be and believed that she could be. Uh huh. But at the same time, since she's fucking everywhere now, this is what your point that you bring up. She has to talk about this technology all the time. And people start to realize that when she talks about it, she talks in very vague and general terms, like someone who has a very basic understanding of <laughs> biology and diagnostic <laughs> testing, you know, which is exactly the problem. She's tackling something that you'd probably need an MD and a couple of PhDs to even entertain the notion of what she's trying to do. (laughs) But obviously someone with that level of training would immediately know that none of this is possible. So the idea would be boot anyway. Right. When confronted about her seeming lack of expertise when discussing the Edison, Elizabeth evades and chalks it up all to her competitor's desire to find out her secrets and her desire to protect her trade secrets. Okay. So remember our friend, the intern, Tyler Schultz? Yes. Because his grandpa is a VIP and he's actually super smart in his own right. He's getting slightly more access than a lot of other Theranos employees who, as we know, are very isolated from each other. Okay, okay. So when Tyler graduates, he gets a real ass job at Theranos. And he's still like super pumped because he believes in this vision. And he's like, you know, he believes in Elizabeth. This is his grandpa's homegirl. Like he's like, how, you know, how do we make this shit happen? Yeah, and he's definitely going to believe his grandpa. Right, exactly. So Tyler floats a little more freely from the laboratory side to like the business side. 
Mm-hmm. And at the same time, a lot of people on the laboratory side are slowly and painfully coming to the realization that what they're doing is bullshit because it doesn't work and it never will. Like mm. they're starting to be more likely to talk to each other and realize, oh, hey, like, oh, your shit doesn't work. My shit doesn't work. Oh, yeah, and, and your we've shit been doesn't working work? here for how fucking long? Yeah, it's like and 10 years at this point. bitch is hella rich. <laughs> right, exactly. So Tyler doesn't have a whole lot of skin in the game. He's only been working there for like a year or something. Uh-huh. And when he puts all the pieces together that he's privy to, he decides to just like fuck it and resign. Because also like it's getting bad because now real people are being affected. Yeah, imagine like 35 people who are diagnosed mm-hmm. with syphilis get told you actually you don't have it. Yeah. So they don't seek treatment then what? They could go get Pass other it people. On. Yeah. Yeah. That's just this domino effect of badness. Right. So Tyler, he takes some data with him to show his grandpa because he wants to let Grandpa George know that it's a fucking scam. But Grandpa George doesn't believe him. He believes in Elizabeth and the pipe dream that she's selling. He's convinced that Tyler doesn't know what he's talking about and tells him to drop it and move on. And Tyler does. But at the same time, obviously, obviously, now that more employees have realized what the fuck is going on, there are whispers that eventually hit the media. A few months after Tyler resigned, someone from the Wall Street Journal hit him up and asked him if he had anything to say. So Tyler gets a burner phone and becomes a key source for the journal story. Hell yeah, Tyler. I know. But because of certain details in the story, Elizabeth and Sonny quickly realized that Tyler was the source. Because he had been emailing. While he was there, he was like, he would email like, oh, this test is terrible. Like the test about the syphilis. Like this test is not working. How do we fix this? How do we fix this data? And Sunny and Elizabeth would be like, shut the fuck up. Like <laughs> what what is your training? What's your training in statistics? Oh. Ignore this data point. Ignore that data point and then our data looks better. And like and that's Ooh. really what what pushed him to eventually uh resign. Anyway, so because he had sent them his concerns in writing before and they saw like some of the same things in the story, they were like it's fucking Tyler. Yeah. So the big bad Theranos in-house counsel, who by that time they had hired David Boys, who is arguably the most powerful attorney in the country. This is the guy who represented Al Gore to the Supreme Court in Bush v. Gore. He represented the government successfully in the Microsoft antitrust lawsuit. And he's also representing Harvey Weinstein to try to keep his ass alive. Ooh. <laughs> anyway, so David Boyce is their lawyer now, and they send him after Tyler to scare the shit out of him and to try to sue him into oblivion for violating his non-disclosure agreement. Meanwhile, Grandpa George still believes in Elizabeth, so he's largely staying out of it. But Tyler's parents try to help him the best they can and spend half a million dollars to secure him legal counsel so he can at least try to fight back. But they run out of money, so they're forced to sell their house just so Tyler can keep fighting. Another one of the sources in the journal story was a laboratory scientist named Erica Chang, I think. Yeah. Uh, And they recruited her straight out of college. And she had recently left Theranos because she was starting to get a bad feeling about everything and had gone to both Elizabeth and Sunny about her concerns and was basically told that she didn't know what the fuck she was talking about to shut up and just do the job that she was hired for. Mm -hmm. So she talked and David Boys went after her, too. But she was advised that one way to protect herself would be to whistleblow to a regulatory agency since we do have laws in place to protect whistleblowers. So she does. And now some government agencies have Theranos on their radar. At the same time, I think that this is 2015, Theranos had just boasted that they'd profited $1 billion in the previous fiscal year. 
but financial documents later showed that they only had like a hundred grand in the bank. That is a big difference. Yeah. <laughs> also, Walgreens started noticing that, hey, all those tests that their nose is supposed to be doing for us with just a drop of blood, it doesn't seem like they're doing any of that shit. Wow. So, so Walgreens pumps the brakes on their expansion to more locations. And finally, the journal article drops and it's a bop and the whole house of cards starts falling down. Whew. Elizabeth and Theranos went on damage control. They had press releases and uh, she went out there saying that they were exploring their legal options in response to what they called false and outrageous reporting from the Wall Street Journal. The FDA realizes that something terrible is happening here, so they banned the use of the nanotainer, which was this tiny little tube that the Edison used to analyze the tiny blood samples. And that was huge because that essentially shut them down because now they can't use the Edison. Right. Not that it ever worked in the first place. But it's a big PR blow because when Elizabeth would appear in the media and doing TED Talks and shit, a big part of her presentation would be when she dramatically take the little nanotainer out of her pocket and hold it between her thumb and index finger. And then everyone would like stand up and clap and give her like a fucking standing ovation and ooh and ah and shit. Right. The SEC forced Elizabeth to give up voting control of, Ther of Theranos due to suspected fraud. She cannot serve as an officer on any company for 10 years and she had to pay a $500,000 fine. Finally, CMS, the Center for Medicare and Medicaid Service, did oh, some no. digging and discovered that their tests were so wildly inaccurate that they were a danger to public safety and they oh. shut down the whole Theranos lab. Oh my God. They also barred Elizabeth from owning or operating any lab for at least two years. And FYI, this is around the time that Grandpa George finally believed Tyler. And, <laughs> <Aww>. <laughs> and he said that he was proud of him. Aw, good. I mean, that's cute, but that's some bullshit, though. He did not yeah. believe him for all this time. Yeah. Meanwhile, Elizabeth is still out here in these streets straight up lying, saying that she they never use commercially available machines, that they did use a single drop of blood, that their tests were accurate, that they never diluted samples, but it was over. No one believed her anymore. Yeah. She was exposed as a fraud, but she kept saying that she never intentionally deceived anyone. What? <laughs> Roger Parloff, who was the reporter who originally put her on the cover of Fortune, which might have been the one piece of media that really made Elizabeth a star. He now gets really emotional talking about her. He, I think, is embarrassed that he allowed himself to be taken for a ride by her. Yeah. I also think that she makes him really sad because he ended up spending a lot of time with her and a lot of time with her family to just get her story. Yeah. And, and even after she was caught, she continued to try to lie about things that had been easily proved to be false already. So Roger in the documentary says that when she kept lying through the fall of Theranos, he realized that she didn't have a grasp of reality. Like maybe there was something really wrong with her not necessarily that she's just a pathological liar but that she actually believes the lies that she's telling she's delusional mm -hmm. just that it, i mean that is sad and scary though yeah by 2017 theranos spent all 900 million that they'd raised most of it went to settling lawsuits wow <laughs> and elizabeth and sunny broke up oh <laughs> in 2018 also there's um there's confusion as to whether she fired him and then they broke up or or they broke up and then he quit. So wow. I don't know. In 2018, Theranos was dissolved and Elizabeth and Sonny were charged with conspiracy and fraud. 
They both pled not guilty, but each faced 20 years in prison if if convicted. Wow. Word on the street is that Elizabeth has a new fiancé. Oh. (laughs) Billy Evans, the heir to the Evans Hotel Group, and they live in a sick apartment in San Francisco. What? Let me say that I felt some type of way when this crazy bitch is engaged and I'm single. Like <laughs> the Evans Hotel Group? What are they? Yeah, oh. a bunch of hotels in California. Oh, okay. Yeah, but I mean, like, they're really there. There's someone out there for everyone, huh? Yeah, that's <laughs> fucking crazy, man. Anyway, Elizabeth and Billy share a Siberian husky, which Elizabeth oh. claims <laughs> it. This is the kicker. Elizabeth claims he's a wolf. Oh shit! This, she's fucking crazy. And he's only got one drop of blood. (laughs) (laughs) She's like legit been trying to pass him off as a wolf anyway. And Billy's family is furious and worried that Billy may have been brainwashed. Of course. Mm -hmm. Or something scammed. Um, So all those people, all those investors just lost their money. Yeah. Yeah. Um, When the, before the, before the company was dissolved, they did, I mean, they still held some value. Not $10 billion, but I think I saw a number somewhere like $600 million, mm-hmm. And they did try to pay back like some mostly creditors. That was like the biggest right. thing. And try to pay back like some investors. Wow. But like I in the podcast, you hear a woman uh, who invested her life savings, 150 grand. And she oh. just like she lost it. Oh, and, my God. And they, and they asked her like if there's anything you could tell to Elizabeth Holmes. And she was like, I just want my money back. You know? Yeah, I bet. Fuck. Here's a here's a little historical fun fact. Thomas Edison, (laughs) (laughs) owner and CEO of the Edison Bar in downtown LA. He he pretended that he'd invented the light bulb for four years before he actually did. That's awesome. When when journalists would realize that he didn't have an actual working fucking light bulb, he'd just give them stock in the company to keep it quiet, assuring (laughs) them that he was close to a breakthrough. So Thomas Edison was the first Elizabeth Holmes. That's awesome. (laughs) And the first tech entrepreneur to fake it until you make it. So I guess we can compare her to at least that genius, although she had the fake it part down. She couldn't quite make it. Kate McKinnon will produce and star as Elizabeth (gasps) in an upcoming Hulu series, which is perfect casting. Yes! And I am totally here for it. I think hers is based on the podcast. That's awesome. I love Kate McKinnon. I love her. She's All, so fucking funny. She's one of those people who she doesn't have to do anything. I'm already laughing. Like, as soon as she's on screen. Like, yeah. I, I hope she never tries to do a, a drama because I'm just going to be laughing the whole yeah. time. <laughs> and also, Jennifer Lawrence will play Elizabeth in an upcoming film, which is, that's something, I guess. I'll watch it. Uh-huh. Um, she, her Her movie is based on the book Bad Blood. Oh, okay wow yeah and that's that's it that's the story of theranos and elizabeth holmes that's crazy is that is anything pending on the the lawsuit yeah. right now yeah because they're still uh they're gonna get uh if they are convicted they get 20 years that's so crazy man it's um it's very similar to the fire festival yeah and uh bernie made off i mean not to that <laughs> level but just keep Faking, yeah. fake it till you make it. Fake it till you make but you it. You never quite make it. But she has to have something wrong with her, I think. Whereas I don't know that 
uh, Billy from the Fire Festival. I don't. I no, don't he's know. just a dick. Yeah, he's just an asshole. Or like, like a sociopath. Right. Her, I do believe, like, she thought, this is something that I, I could do. I just have to do it. You yeah. know? And then that day never came. Right. Oof. Mm. Well, thanks for listening, guys. That was this week's episode. Yes. Hit us up on Instagram and Twitter at Drama Club Pod. Hit us up on the website, dramaclubpod.com, at the at our email, dramaclubpod at gmail.com. On the hotline, 505-539-0556. And at our P.O. Box, P.O. Box number 27433, Los Angeles, California, 90027. See you next week. Bye. Bye. However, whatever with your helmet.